Hi, I'm Danny Belden. And I'm Damika Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And honestly, I don't know how college bookstores sleep at night. It's true. Period. Oh, man. This is a sheltered Danny story. When I started college, I love a bookstore. Mm. I think this is something that you know about me, Tamika. Probably most of the listeners know about me. I love books. And so I was like so excited about this idea of a college bookstore. Mm. And then I get in there and I see the prices of textbooks. And granted, this was like, dare I say, almost 20 years ago. You better, um, so- you better not. You better, you better bleep that I out. better walk that back. <laughs> bleep that. You better bleep that. <laughs> yeah, it's just disappointing. Textbooks are disappointing because they're so expensive. I have this whole, I have a whole spiel I can go on about the gatekeeping of knowledge that is academia, mm. which is a great attitude for me to have as a doctoral <laughs> student. Um, but yeah, I, I just... It's shameful. Shameful. I, it, it, I had the exact, I wish I could say I knew better. No, same thing. I'm like, I'm going to support there. This is going to be a hangout for me. This is going to be very central and wrong. I could not even afford mechanical pencils up in that place. <laughs> girl, girl, not even on sale. The amount of just like having to sort through your school merch to actually get to anything like worth having there. I'm like, this is not a bookstore. This is a house of lies. It it's, is a house of lies. <laughs> it's a house of absolute lies. Uh, and maybe our maybe our experiences is, but I don't know, like you, you have been, you have a very vast academic background and exposure to different schools bookstores they're all the same they charge they you are. for the air that that they breathe and they it's it's lanyards it's a lot of lanyards textbooks and uh, kids who are just trying to work there to pay to buy the books in the lanyards yeah i mean and i can speak to it a little bit from the other end too as a faculty member try to go with open source <laughs> whenever mm-hmm. possible i do not want my students having to buy a textbook an overpriced textbook because there is no textbook that completely fits the course unless you're Mm. writing the course to fit a textbook right so and you know this as a student like you never read that whole textbook from cover to cover anyway so it's like yeah I'm gonna spend two hundred dollars on a book that I'm gonna read like two chapters from no thank you Mm -hmm. well especially like what's it because we have both have a theater background you do a lot of English classes as well and a lot of just like the singular books you have to buy to read it is maddening it is it, just just throwing money into a big huge pit and just watching it burn and also the shame of the sellback and the letdown that is such a rude awakening your first time attempting to sell back your books it's yeah oh i have most of my college textbooks still honestly mm. But I have mm, the ones I liked. I kept. Yeah. <laughs> and I have found that I've cracked into some of those like upper division books mm. uh, later in my career as well. So I'm, I like I'm, it. I'm all about building a good collection, but probably like an introduction to sociology book isn't going to live on in anybody's <laughs> collection. Well, no, we pass that on so that with these other naive young, young ruffians coming up can have a chance of being able to afford a book. Unfortunately, the next year, they're going to need the next edition that comes with the, <laughs> the login code for the website. Well, because they've, they've added one singular chapter in the back, and that is essential to the entire class. Ugh. Ugh. It's... <laughs> 
So we're going there. Yeah. We're, we're we're falling into this rabbit hole, not not without yeah. reason. Exactly. Yeah. There there's a point to this today. Uh, today we're discussing a listener suggestion. Yes, we love listener suggestions, and it's been a while since we delved into email bag as Mm -hmm. it were, to pull something out to talk about. So we thought we were long overdue, and we came up with this email from listener Zoe and kind of use that as our point of discussion this week. So I'll go ahead and share that email. Hey, ladies, I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I just wanted to say thank you for providing such an insight into what it means to be biracial. For me, I have always struggled with this question for myself, and I would love to hear your input on how mixed people can approach a so-called woke college. I am currently a student, but I've struggled with finding people to relate to our identity with due to the height of social issues revolving around race. As an aspiring anthropologist, I hope to dig into this further and come up with solutions for inclusion among all areas of the school. But right now, there is a big distribution of division among a good majority of the school. It's not so much that there is hostility among groups, but there is no willingness to come together to resolve issues of race and identity on campus without division. I hope that this is a topic that can help other mixed people in college and how to navigate the division of groups across a college campus. Ooh, so first, thank you so much, Zoe. We appreciate you taking the time to do that. And I love the question of, will this help other mixed people in college or just in general? And the question is yes, because this is a very bread and butter question for us biracial unicorns. We have been doing this podcast now for about three years. uh, And the reason why we picked this question is because it's so central to why we wanted to start this podcast in the first place. Living in that dupe Simplicity of being mixed and going into higher education. That is a very tricky lifeline existence to to straddle, to coordinate, to live in, especially if you also desire uh, unity and inclusion. I, I can't even imagine now being entering college into that. So thank you so much for this. This is definitely something we're very excited to talk about. And it's kind of like back to basics for us. So I'm really excited to dive into this. So we keep sending them in because we love, love, love exploring this idea of identity in the mixed realm. Yes, yes. And I, I do like how you pointed out, Tamika, that it's not limited to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you see this in in the workplace. You see this in just even social groups uh, yes. as, as you continue past college. So I don't think I don't think it's limited to the college experience and I think we are living in a unique time where you know there is this this awakening, this racial awakening that seems to be happening for a lot of folks for the first time and some of us have lived in and existed in those ideas for a long time. So you have this this whole spectrum of people in their journey to wokeness. But I think something that's important to remember as we go through this topic is it's not a linear journey. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't a, a, a set start point and a set end point. And in fact, there's like really no end point. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so I it's kind of just agree. like... 
like this nebulous cloud in which people are on all these different points. And you may be further along than someone in one way, but like way further back in another and on equal footing in another. So I think it's it's complicated. As as is everything we talk about, <laughs> and 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 I don't think Danny's point is meant to be discouraging. It's actually incredibly encouraging. Of to at least something I wish I would have known as a younger unicorn is to enjoy the journey and also just mm. to expect that there are going to be aspects of your life that are going to ebb and flow and evolve and change and to allow that. Yeah. I think something, especially when we talk about on the journey of wokeness, and we're going to keep saying it like this, wokeness, where we don't allow ourselves to unlearn things and to yeah. relearn things and discover things and to let some things go. We we don't allow others to do that because we don't allow ourselves to do that. Yeah. So, so I just, society yeah. doesn't teach us yeah. that it's okay for any of us to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I'm talking more to young Danny than Zoe. So <laughs> Zoe, don't don't take this personally. But I think it's the double-edged sword of youth where like you are able to learn more things and grow more quickly. Like you have a squishier brain. Uh, mm, than, I miss that squishy brain. Yeah. Sexy, sexy, squishy brains. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I think there is this idea of knowing it all, like feeling like you know it all. And I, I continue to be guilty of this. Um, so I think there's also also that to overcome it's like you you think you have it all figured out so it's harder for you to unlearn anything and then in particular when you're comparing your knowledge to other people's like you you feel like you know more and then it's hard to unlearn and it's hard also to put yourself into the perspective of someone else who has different experiences so i think there's there's lots of little bits Mm -hmm. to pull at when you're thinking about about this journey. Exactly. And and I think the reason why we wanted to make it so inwardly focused as well, first, before we start talking about, because this question is very trying to create inclusion amongst different diverse groups. And I yeah and I'm and I'm hoping I don't want to ruin what Zoe's talking about, at least in my experience, is that colleges love to use the word diversity. Yes. Girl, yes. It is a cheese ball at a Christmas potluck and everybody loves diversity. <laughs> Everyone loves it. But it's what I think what what happens is that is that they attempt to bring in minority people, marginalized group of people, and then set them in these separate subsects and Mm -hmm. say, look how diverse we are and then leave and look how woke we are. I think that's why I, I struggle with these words that I use as well, like diversity, inclusion, wokeness, because it feels very stagnant. Like I did the thing and I don't have to do anything else more with it. Mm-hmm. And so what you're seeing right now is the product of uh, of college that says, look how diverse we are, but it's not actually, it's not going towards diversity. It's just is diverse, you know, right. it's not including of that. And I think our, our listener here is aware of that mm-hmm. because they point out how there are these different things that feel like they need bridging and, and this desire to bring everyone together. and so. I think it's not lost on them. It's not lost on Zoe. It's not lost on all of us here. But I think, to your point, you're right. It's like the college administration sees it as job well done. 
we're diverse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look at all these groups we have on campus. (laughs) Look at our student body rather than, and we've talked about this a lot, rather than addressing the system in which this college exists, the system that these silos that are already being created and by whom and for what purpose. So in walks in a biracial unicorns Mm. into the system that has been created, (laughs) that is that is broken, that has had a band-aid to try to fix it, and then you see the problem. So what does that mean for a biracial unicorn if you are looking at these diverse groups and you're seeing, like, for example, someone uh, Afro-Latina, where do I fit? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I should have to pick. Why can't there be a bridge between the two? And that is challenging. Especially when you're going into these two separate groups and the focus is different in the two groups. The level of, of wokeness is different in these two groups. And what is seen as, as important is different. Um, so I think it's, you know, we can't, as people, it's not healthy for us to like have to partition ourselves into mm-hmm. these different bits. That does that doesn't mean that I have to be like a hundred percent live and die for like one cause, but it also means like I can't radically shift my value set depending on which group I'm in. Mm. Oh, that's exhausting just hearing it. When you're in this this paradigm, so what do you do? I think we we talked a little bit about this when we talked about um, historical black colleges and universities mm. in yeah. predominantly white areas of why we even have these groups to begin with is these these solaces from being in a predominantly white culture, predominantly white male culture. And so it is important that we do have these subsects of groups where we can be unapologetically ourselves and have that support and have that community. Um, but for our biracial unicorns, it's difficult when you never can feel completely whole there. It's not restful. It's not 100% peaceful, even if you can relate. So for me, being both black and white, if I'm within a black student union, which I did, I feel very much related to that. And the cares and concerns and the motivations, morals and goals of the group reflected very much of who I am. But there was always going to be this part of me that realized because of my skin color of my experience the views of working with my my white brother and sister in uh i had a different approach and viewpoint of that and experience than some of my other counterparts who were not mixed and that i could see that that kind of set me apart and that is difficult when you're supposed to find solace and support there but you don't really feel completely seen and heard there that ooh that is that is a challenge Yeah. And I think that goes to the point, like you said, you couldn't feel completely yourself. You couldn't feel completely comfortable. And I think part of that is the idea that it should be a place where you feel completely comfortable, right? That Mm -hmm. like thinking about the origins of these sort of race-specific, culture-specific groups on campus, right? It's supposed to be like this area where people can relax and be themselves and be with people who have a similar experience to their own within this, this group. And this actually reminds me of the episode that we did with Jesse about the the woman who found out she was Black in college and like joined a group. And so I think... Part of it has to be a a reframing 
on our part about what is the purpose of this group, mm. right? We aren't joining a group to find somebody whose experience is 100% our own, but acknowledging that it's an experience that we can somewhat relate to. This is something that you and I talk a lot about, Tamika, in our relationship, in our shared experiences. Like, are our experiences identical? No. But like we have a common language that that we can share, like we have enough overlap that we can share and we can support each other and we can see each other as full people without having the same experiences. And I think there has to be a certain amount of framing for these groups to, to make that as the central thing rather than I'm going into a group that's a bunch of people who are just like me. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because when if you take it that, you can take that framing and that lens of like that shared experience. And if that's indeed why we're together, then I think it makes it easier to create that bridge to bridge to a different group. Mm. Because if that their frame is strong within the shared experience in safety and community. And you as another diverse group have a similar framing of shared commonality, language support and community, then I think it would be easier to come together and be a bit more supportive of one another during this time of real social unrest. Yeah, it is difficult when we know why these groups were created and they're just a reaction of, you know, white supremacy and discrimination. And we can see why these groups formed to begin with. And it's so difficult to kind of come underneath underneath that and kind of reach out towards others who are hurting. You would think it would be the knee jerk reaction, right, to cling to other groups who have had the same oppression as you and kind of find that support. But I'm finding that's not always necessarily the case. Uh, and I'm saying even specifically in a college dynamic here. Right. I mean, but I think you can you can easily apply that outward. And I know mm. like we probably don't want to spend too much time talking about it. But an example, a very quick and easy example, and you probably know where I'm going already, is the Dave Chappelle special. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we, we see we see the lack of of support and the damage and harm um, being done to trans people. Trans people are also an oppressed group and they're a a minority group. They're a small group in the majority of our, of our society, right. Who doesn't get recognition and are constantly being othered and continue to be othered. And rather than a black man using his platform to like bridge that, um, he's buying into this societal view in order to further himself, right? He's stepping on them to lift himself up. So I think that that is the reality that we see. I think to that point, there is this idea that all these mm. oppressed groups should be coming together, right? And and I feel like we we see that a lot. And I think it's a beautiful image and I think it's like a nice goal. Is that something that has to happen? Like I think it depends on on the goals of of each group. Mm. In a beautiful utopian world, yes. I I would I would absolutely love that, especially as a unicorn, right? So you don't necessarily have to straddle. You don't have to balance. You don't have to, you, you don't have to live that existence, right? Because no one likes that. Uh, no, no unicorn is thrilled with that, right? It's very, it's difficult. But I, I, I there is something to say of going by to, to what end, 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so once again, we have the separation again, not only for Salas, but in a college environment. And I guess you're right. We can put this another way. L- resources are limited. And we always talk about why we created the show was to make space. And I think what all of these subsects of groups with within this are looking for space. They're looking for resources. They're, they're looking for recognition. They're looking for people to join in. And we're all kind of clamoring for all of this very limited space and it's difficult and I think there's this proclivity to say well if we bound together joined by our common trauma right I think and, and I am completely guilty of this and learning how to bridge between different diverse groups we're like well if we share how we've been discriminated if we shared our common oppression if we share this this will bound us together and make us stronger then we can all work towards that same goal it's not necessarily wrong (laughs) but to be bound together by simply just like trauma i don't know if that's enough and then to what end because when Mm. we get there there's still going to be limited space yes yes when we still get there together there's still going to be limited space at the table yeah and see and that's exactly the thing that i hate like Uh it's it's the same thing of like we talk about this a lot the metaphor of the table it's like not enough to just claim your space at the table but like perhaps reinvent the table perhaps pull up more chairs to the table and how do we do this and yeah i think it is difficult and i think it also is difficult to continue to lift people up with the shared experience being rooted in trauma like i love the idea of exploring how can we root these and forge these connections with like our collective joy like what is it that it makes us us in our individual way and how can we use that to bridge us together right girl i'm done i'm done show over i'm there i am sorry i'm just so hyped right now because that's i am because for i mean for people who've been in this game for a long time that is the been the i would literally was reading paper after paper of inc- people way smarter than me about bridging the gaps the collective between you know stigmatized group the inner groups the subgroups the how to do that and a lot of them say similar things of sharing the their collective experience based upon their similar oppression and once again not it's not bad that's not bad if you like you said with the dave Chappelle thing trans people saying hey black people uh how why would you punch downward on us when life has punched down on you do you you should know how i feel right you mm-hmm. should know having to rely on that of they of them understanding you should know how i feel so why would you support that that doesn't make sense and that's what i'm saying i don't think that's enough when these groups have been traumatized generationally over and over and over again i think we've created this almost trauma like callus and it's very difficult to reach out in empathy i feel to for stability, right? For stability in order to make that connection. I think you need something else. You need something on top of that. And I think sharing your your culture and your joy, uh, your your drive, your hope for the future, your your holidays, your feasts of, of sharing that, like a bridge brings yes. everyone together. <laughs> Girl, going back to saying like if we had, you know, uh, uh, Latinx and uh, African-American society come together and been like, let's just eat like let, let's not talk about divine colorism let's let's just talk about holidays and our food and culture and share that and i believe something of that nature you're gonna eventually come up with those issues and you'll be eventually able to work it out but it's different looking at someone talking about a racial issue when you've asked them to pass the bread as yeah. opposed to someone when you first meet them you're talking about your shared trauma 
right dif- different experience yeah yeah i think when you are talking about building bridges the real answer lies in personal relationships and i think for that reason there cannot be a singular person who is building all the bridges and i know that feels a little bit like a cop out right but i think i think it's true like you have it takes time and it takes personal relationships to build those bridges and how do we build those personal relationships right and i think Yes, we can build them based on a common enemy, or we can build them based off of commonality. Um, And that isn't to say that we're like erasing everything else. It's just saying you need something to to satisfy yourself to keep going rather than always having to come back to a place of harm and hurt in order to connect to another person. Because as people, we're more than harm and hurt. That's what's a little frustrating when they're saying if we if we share this, you know, using Danny and I about our shared language and commonality. If we just sat there and just shared all the shitty things that just happened to us, like when we see each other in in that, it's almost another reminder of that. Mm. You know, when when I look at uh, my friend, my friend who is native, and if we just shared about the, the pain and anguish, it's, is that enough to sustain us and to, to move us forward? It's important. I think it's so vital important that we understand the history and how the system of oppression has affected another group as well as your own and how those things relate right there and then, that history and thinking critically about that. But to sustain you, uh, there's there's no longevity in that. But, oh, man. And I, I think it's so great that the the listener who brought this in, Zoe, about anthropologists, because this this right here is anthropologetic gold, right? Yeah. <laughs> of, of sharing that and how civilizations and people group kind of came together. I know when we were studying a particular uh, Native group talking about, you know, if they're, if they're from bear or eagle or, or turtle group and they meet together they cannot marry from their own they have to marry from other groups or from other tribes so that way in the future when they are working together they are aware hey i don't want to screw over um a, a turtle or a bear because i have a cousin who's a turtle and a bear i have love for them and we have that that connectivity we we want to work together because even though we are separate and we have this inner connection of these relationships and and maybe I'm speaking to Demika. <laughs> it's not always on the shoulders of biracial people to be. I, I think I'm mean, like I'm completely projecting. I think because a lot of us do tend to straddle these these two areas. I think we get chosen as natural bridge makers, mm. right? And I think that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I think we might have insight. Uh, it might be easier for those tests to extend those beginning personal relationships we were talking about. But I, I think sometimes there is a lot of pressure on biracial unicorns to be like the architect of these mm. bridges. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I can I can speak for myself personally that like I'm a socially awkward person. <laughs> but she's uh, so beautiful, you guys. <laughs> I never have any desire to be like the bridge between people. 
I'm so sorry for the, the volume spike. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, and, and so I think it is, it's a lot of pressure to put on one person. Just because you belong to more than one group doesn't mean you need to be the, the glue that holds them all together. Once again, it needs to be relationships between people. It can't be everyone's relationship to you as a singular person. Like just thinking about, construction and all those things that's a lot of pressure for one little joint (laughs) (laughs) so so I think it it does have to be deeper deeper than that and I think in terms of wokeness and groups working for you know racial and ethnic and uh, gender equality I think the real tricky point to go back to, to kind of bring it back again is everyone is working on something different. Mm-hmm. And I think in particular with with young people, not like young in terms of age, but young in terms of, of wokeness, mm-hmm. it can become sort of a, a contest to show off who is the most woke and who is like whose intentions are the most pure. And I think that that is a problem. I think if as you find people who have been doing the work for longer or sitting with the work for longer, there is less of an impulse to show off and more of an impulse to just get the work done. So I think that that can be that could be part of the bridge building, right? We can talk in terms of like training or you know sharing resources or becoming study groups or those sorts of things as a way to not only build bridges between groups but also build individuals within those groups to make them stronger, potentially stronger links to other people. Mm. Well, I think that really challenges wokeness to be more than uh, to have more of a long term goal as opposed to an, an end, mm. you know, of, of what that looks like for a particular group of like, like whose cause is more righteous and good. So once you reach whatever cause or righteousness you're supposed to achieve, then what? And it's actually funny, off air, we had a really interesting conversation about how people older, since we've been picking on younger, older people tend to be like back in my day. Mm-hmm. We had this and this was our commonality, what we're fighting. And these people, these young people, these newly woke people don't understand the the work and the cause. They have it so easy. But I think if we have people with the mindset of let's purposely make it easier for the next babies woke babies coming along you know if we if that is our goal as as opposed to like maybe a singular kind of self-propelling self-fulfilling kind of like prophecy going forward in your wokeness and the singular cause right what would Mm -hmm. it look like if the cause is actually looking back generationally and saying how can we make life how can we make the college experience easier how can we make workplaces jobs relationships easier to form and make for the next generation the next group of people of wokeness and i think it's kind of like that that baton you know always constantly looking at back of running our race strong but the end goal always being at the end to look back yeah and see how is it easier yeah and i don't know if it's human nature but it's definitely american (laughs) nature (laughs) to always be centering yourself right Mm. like to be thinking about like okay Great idea, Demika. Let's do that. What am I getting out of it? Like, mm. cool. 
uh, let's make it easier for everyone else, but it's still hard on me. Like, what am I getting out of it? And so I think it takes a certain amount of challenging to bring it back to taking it internal, challenging yourself, right? I think along the journey, it becomes easier and that's great. But I think I think you're absolutely right, Tamika. It becomes this idea of how do I make it easier for those behind me, coming up behind me? And to our listeners' credit, it very much sounds like they already kind of have that mindset. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like leaps and bounds, Zoe. Leaps and bounds. <laughs> you are at least from the, the, the baby Demika in college, at least. It would be so beautiful to just see those who are who are further along in, in their wokeness journey, whatever, to be able to mm-hmm. go back and start cultivating places and times where there can be shared community, right? Uh, shared resources, shared therapy (laughs) friendship and and space like that to me that's more utopian than just like we're just together for the sake of we shall overcome right but just like how can i understand where you're coming from and your culture and how can you experience mine and elevate that but we still get to live side by side in these groups it's beyond coexisting right it's just along of like we are living next to each other it just becomes become this more pluralistic lifestyle as opposed to individualism which is so inherently american like ooh, is that vein is deep within our society and it's reflected even in these subgroups that we have in college in we are a standalone we are individual instead of the idea of like how can we somehow come in here explore celebrate appreciate participate in what makes you absolutely you to have better understanding like danny said changing that framework and have this goal towards actual sustainable wokeness that actually has healing involved in the process as well yeah and i think by having that mindset you're also recognizing that you're working within an institutional setting, right? Like this is an institutional setting. So you have to be thinking big picture and you have to be thinking long term because any change you make within the moment is so easy to just like railroad over that, right? But if you're laying a path, it's harder, (laughs) right? Um, So yeah, yeah. I love love that mindset, Dominica. So I think for for Zoe, because I know we like I said, we've had all these little nibbly bits is one. It's not solely your responsibility Two, there's there's a lot of inner work that will continuously go on in a particularly biracial unicorn's life as where their comfort level is and how they identify with others and identify within themselves and what that looks like within these different divisions of group. We should be looking for opportunities to express joy for our own culture, for that to be what connects us to another one, to have actual sustainability and real wokeness is looking back for the next generation in order to <laughs> to have sustainability and make it easier for them to to where they can form these relationships and we might actually legitimately see what unity looks like within different marginalized groups within that while still celebrating their individuality you know <laughs> it's ugh. yeah and i would also just like to encourage zoe cuz i know they mentioned that it also had to do with identity and i think you know throughout your adolescence you're you're grappling with this idea of identity and figuring out how to express it. And I think 
giving yourself space to be open to exploring what that means, particularly as a mixed race person, but really as anyone. And I think that is another issue when we're talking about these groups. Just being part of a group doesn't mean that you are committing that group as 100% of your identity and just Mm -hmm. holding on to that and remembering that. You can have a complicated identity and you can continue to explore identity and something, you know, uh, as (laughs) elder millennials we've talked about throughout (laughs) the years is our identities are constantly changing. Like it's okay to give yourself space to change how you identify yourself. Um, Because identity is complicated. It's not just how I identify as myself, but it's how the world has like looked at and pegged me and applied labels to me. And so it has to be a reconciling of all of that and sometimes an outward rejection of some of that. And and I don't think... As as someone who is college aged, I think you're you're told often that like this is the time, this is when you will you will find yourself and figure who out you who are. you are. But I think, <laughs> but but I think that is one. If that was true, that's so sad. Could you imagine, like you know, at twenty, at twenty one, like you know Ugh. exactly who you are, and you're just like this stagnant point. That is not something that I would wish on anyone. Like it yeah. sounds great, but like it's not because g- the beauty of human existence is is our growth and change over time. Mm-hmm. So give yourself space to embrace that too. Like me as an elder millennial, would I want to hang out with 21-year-old D'Amika? Girl, not if you paid me. What about all the free ice cream? <laughs> Only there for the mix-ins. Um, that's a little bonus right there. It's No, I don't. I know. I know. We, we would hang out. It would be a lot of me just talking as of now. I think you're right. I think we talked about this when it came to relationships and communication, but we talked about sitting in the discomfort and that we so often want to get out of being uncomfortable as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of discomfort is some clarity. And I, there's there's so much to what Danny's point of saying of like allowing yourself to kind of explore and that you it doesn't a group doesn't have to completely be all who you are and like this is what defines me we're allowed to kind of mix into the gray we're allowed to ebb and flow we're allowed to change Danny and I even the course of the show I feel like I have changed uh, and and how I identify and how I view things that was part of what we were saying the beginning to unlearn and relearn and distance and accept new things that's what's really beautiful but don't be afraid to be uncomfortable it's something it's okay. It's o- it's okay to kind of sit with something you're unclear with and unsure with because uh, clarity will will come in in one form or another. It does come and then the next uncomfortable, diffi- difficult challenge comes and you'll sit with that for a while. And sometimes it even looks like, you know, identity and what that looks like in a group and bridging it through college. And it can seem really overwhelming, but I don't know. Enjoy that process. It, really enjoy it. And I <laughs> and trust yourself, like be open to find find your people. Like I think you may or may not find your people in at this college, but the beauty of, of the modern world is there are so many places you can go to find belonging. And I know you'll find you'll find people who love and support you and who you can relate to. And it's just a matter of of being open to that. I say as like 
the least open person to new relationships. <laughs> but I, I I find there are different people in my life that satisfy different different needs that I have. And so I think rather than trying to find a, a group of you know, mixed people who you can completely identify with, like let yourself be a little open to like this person I can identify with for this reason and this person for this reason and this person for this reason. Mm. There's a lot of freedom, but that came from just living. And once again, not to make this all about like your age and where you are, but that just took experience, right? Like Danny said so perfectly, like we didn't meet these people in college. And I blame the every college movie ever that makes it think like you're going to make the friends you're going to have for the rest of your life and the people you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And, and the pinnacle of who you're going to be has just been amped and hyped up so much. And the reality is, you know, there's some people you'll keep in contact with and that's great, but there's so many more that you'll never see again. And it's going to take you living these different experiences as meeting people from all these walks of life that's going to enrich you, encourage you, and you're going to enrich and encourage other people and their identities as you walk. And that's what I'm so excited for. Yes, I think the work on campus and making it more inclusive and togetherness is so important. But I'm what I'm really excited for is the anthropologist Zoe is life after that as well and what that looks like. Oh, like that's that's. That's that's a main course. That's yeah. delicious. <laughs> there are a lot of people who have had like the same group of friends since college or since high school. And like, that's great. And it's there's something Super. beautiful about like growing together. Right. And like becoming people and, and growing into who you will become. But my issue with like college friends is like, especially in the traditional college setting, is you are limiting yourself to people the same age as you. Mm. And <laughs> I think that is just so, that, that is not, it's just too limiting. I think about some of my closest friends and like two of my closest friends are significantly older than me. One is 12 years older and the other is 10 years older. So it, and perhaps it's a bad example since I met them both both at different points of schooling. But I think, you know, if, if you limit yourself to people your own age, you're also limiting the perspectives that can be brought into um, supporting you and your life because people who who are different ages have different lived experiences. And I say this as someone who, you know, some uh, people who I work with are significantly younger than me. I have, you know, a, a good work friend and she's, you know, 10 years younger than me and she's also great. And I learned so much from her. So it's not just like that you have to look to older people, but I think by opening yourself up to to different ages and different perspectives, like, I don't know, you can feel very, very supportive in your growth as a human. Mm. Um, and to your credit, Dana, you have perpetually been in school <laughs> since the 90s. So <laughs> you were perpetually, like for you to not have a friend related somehow through school somehow would be very unfair to you. It'd be very hard for you. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I've been out of school. I Between my master's and my, my doctorate, there were 
almost nine years. But but yeah, I'm 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 grade twenty <laughs> right now. But so then you work in the academic setting. So I just and feel I, like that's true. Yeah. I work in the academic setting. So, so I that's feel like also... you've never really left. And I flip and love that about you. Um she never done left. Uh so what are there are there any like little last takeaways you want to give to Zoe or any unicorns who are facing something very similar? Yeah, I mean I, I just want to echo what you said. It's like no one person's responsibility to to build these bridges. I think it can be about the personal journey and it can also be about like laying the framework for the future. I love I love that mindset. And yeah, I just if if you are not finding what you need socially in school, that's okay. Like I said, there's there's other places to reach out and meet people. And I think there's this this thing, and we've talked about it, we've had several episodes on friendship, but like there's this idea that you can't make friends as adults, which is like kind of ridiculous when you stop to think about because I don't know. I'm like, it, it was something, some statistic, like 80% of people say they've not made a new friend as an adult in the last five years or something. And I'm like, is that true though? Like, who are these people? <laughs> like, I have a very, like, a very good friend who I only met him four years ago. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, and it's just, you know, you got to put in the work. So I think as far as bridging those divides, finding belonging, finding your identity, it all takes work. And it's about values and about being open. Hmm. How about you, Damika? Anything else you'd like to share? Oh, I just think the the desire to have these groups together to especially to resolve racial issues i would just encourage a bonding through joy and appreciation uh, and but that once again that cannot be on a singular person that needs to be something the collective needs to come together and put that force and create sustainable things that are like on calendar that's what i like to say when things are like sustainable is this going to be on calendar so something that's going to be happening constantly in order to create these environments and once again the these ideas and concerns that you are having are just they're they didn't leave just high school right like i'm sure you've had the very similar experience in in high school and college they they do continue and so you're going to be continually honing your skill of bridge building and you don't have to have it all together because we in our lives especially as mixed people will continuously be in these situations where we're going to naturally want to desire to bring these groups together and I think that's a very beautiful thing but for first and foremost be really appreciative of your own identity and your own where you are in the ability to build a bridge and if you're able to do that don't go it alone and uh, and enjoy the process Really, really enjoy it. I know some people dread it. It can be very quite difficult, but in that you get to meet really great people. Like Danny said, you get to meet really great people. You get to learn a little bit more about yourself and building up that 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 confidence and self-awareness that you're supposed to get in your 30s. And I'm still waiting in the mail for mine. But I think it's great that you're already thinking about these things. And I, another reason why I love this email so much. So yeah, just like I said, it was a very unicorns kind of back to basic questions but i think it's something we always need to to look at within ourselves and declare amongst all the unicorns you are not alone once again this is a very normal feeling and very normal desire so 
we have a space, we have a podcast, listen, meet, talk to each other, message each other through our, you know, our, our Instagram and find one another, have community, find support because that's what this is for. Yeah. And lean in, lean into that anthropological interest, right? Mm-hmm. Like what what is an anthropologist studying and thinking about what what are the things that make us human? What are the things that make cultures cultures, right? Like those are the those are the points for mm-hmm. inclusion, right? <laughs> like thinking about, you know, sharing that joy, sharing that culture, sharing the food, breaking bread. The, I think those are like the simple back of the box solutions, right? <laughs> love it. Oh man. Oh, I absolutely love it. I would I can't I can't wait till I'm in the same room as you, Denny, and we can break bread together. <sighs> so much Girl, bread. You know, bread, cheese, mm-hmm. wine right there. Mm. Girl, dips. Oh, so many dips. <laughs> I know the way to your heart. It's a good dip. <laughs> it's such a good dip. I don't want to like, I want to go to a happy place because now I just want to ask you about your dips. <laughs> your, your dip choices. Well, here's my collection of dips. Um, <laughs> seasonally appropriate dips. Perfectly. Uh, <laughs> a, f- a fine assortment. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's let's happy place. Mika, what is making you happy aside from dip? Girl, because I'm just like, but there's French onion and there's salsa. There's just smashcado. There's gua. Like, I'm yep. already on the dip conversation and yep. I've like thoroughly like thrown off my groove. Uh, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to go back to some of my old ways. I'm, I'm kind of caught between the two because they're both, they're, they're both dysfunctional, happy places that people will not be able to replicate. And that's okay. Because this is for me. I love, and by the time this comes out, it won't be nearly as relevant, maybe. I love watching people argue about when it is an appropriate time to play Christmas music. It is, I love it. It's online. It's like out when I'm out and about doing my grocery shopping and people hear it. They're like, it is far too early. And why does that make me so happy? I cannot tell you what is broken within me of why that brings me so much joy. And it is such a nitpicky issue, right? Like you just said, it like might not even be relevant by the time this comes out. Like we're talking like a week. It's not going to be relevant in a week. (laughs) Like who cares? There's this weird little window from Halloween to like, even like a little bit past Thanksgiving to where if Christmas music is played within there, people are either like really excited or they big mad. (laughs) And it's just a significant, very particular window where people will argue about the appropriate time to decorate uh, commercials, selling things, having things in stores, but mute music. You know, you know what it is, Damika, why, why you like this so much? Why is that? It's because you're an emotional vampire. (laughs) I am. You're just feeding on all of the emotion. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Like with like a little fly when they rub their little, little tannins together. It's just like a little poof of red smoke. And then there's D'Amika. All the feels. Yes. (laughs) Salivating at the prospects. <laughs> it's crazy. From one emotional vampire to the next. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Let's, I, I absolutely love it. It's, and then the other tie is also, so that's my dysfunction of finding great joy of people mm. debating that so much and no one ever being happy. There's nothing ever definitive. And then my other dysfunction is buying yarn, thinking that I'm going to crochet or knit my family their whole winter wardrobe and maybe squeaking out a hat and scarf. It is my favorite thing I do. I look at my stock of of yarn. I'm like, oh, that's so great. I'll use this. Mm, But I think I need something for a border or to complement that. Or, oh, I I did something like that last year. Go purchase yarn. Maybe or maybe not finish it or do what I said I'm going to do. It's a horrific dysfunction. I think we need to hear from unicorns if they want like a yarn tour. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you going to put all of my shame up? La- it's-, it's okay. I have a sizable yarn collection. Yeah. yeah. Too. Sh- should we do that? Maybe that should be like for instead of like, uh, no, please do your tea advent thing, but along maybe like a matching ball of yarn that complements the oh tea. Oh my God. <laughs> I would have to narrow it down to just 25 balls of yarn. Girl, or maybe, yeah. Oh, it's so, I just. I just look at it and because I've also I downsized when I moved and it's still like a very shameful amount. Do you store your yarn together? It's possibly reproducing. (laughs) I do. I do think that sometimes I'm like, wait, do a little side eye. There's I don't especially every time you move, you find stocks. Or like, especially for me, I always like to save, I mean, just the remnants. I'm like, oh, I'll use it to stuff other things. Like when I fix things, like my my daughter's dolls or whatever. And so I just have like these little bits, these little tiny scraps that just stay around that I can be like, "Mm, I think I've had this since before my daughter was born. My daughter is seven. (laughs) It's it's a problem. So it's my favorite time of year of my dysfunctional. <laughs> to collect yarn and not knit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's my absolute favorite. <laughs> Those are good, happy places. Thank you. What about you Beside also besides dip? Besides dip. Um, well, this is happy is maybe like too much for, for <laughs> this place, but it definitely makes me feel some sort of emotion. Mm. So I I was I mentioned to you, Demika, that I was a little sick. So I was forced to like not do things for a little bit, which is hard. Only when there's like looming things to do. Like I love to not do anything, but it's hard <laughs> to do when you are busy. So I was watching some TV as I'm laying sick on the couch and I decided to rewatch here buckle up for some real nerdy shit um I decided to rewatch a season of Torchwood I don't know if you're familiar with Torchwood probably not no Um, (laughs) but it is perhaps like the best season of television that exists the writing (laughs) is so good Uh, do not ask my husband because he came in and was like yucking my yum several times while while this was on (laughs) but um torchwood is a spin-off of the television series doctor who so torchwood is supposed to be kind of the like after hours adult version of Doctor Who kind of sexier it's gayer (laughs) it's all the things Um, with a name like Torchwood I had no idea the Torchwood (laughs) Institute 
<laughs> um, but but so the season that I'm talking about, should anybody feel like they need to replicate this happy place, is season three. Of course, you would appreciate it more if you were familiar with Torchwood season one and two. But I bet you could get away without watching it. Just read a quick synopsis of what Torchwood is. It's like a, a government entity in the UK that deals with extraterrestrials, essentially. So... Season three is a season called uh, Children of Earth, and it is a five-episode season. Super short. Love the UK and their series because they're so short. I know. I miss it so much. Yeah, but it is just brilliant, and it is, like, heart-wrenching, and is some of the most disturbing shit that you've ever seen (laughs) on television. And if you are not writing this down right now, unicorns, I don't know what what to tell yeah. you because she has absolutely sold it. Here is your receipt. Yeah. Um, perhaps after we stop recording, Tamika, I can tell you what it's about, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone who might actually watch it. <laughs> I, know, I guess I, I'm to, to your credit, I'm like, I might, but I still haven't dived into the Doctor Who world. Pearls, I have it. It's too, it's, I'm too intimidated. It's huge. It's huge. huge. And and I would say, if nothing else, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch to say it's like the best writing ever, but it is the best story arc of any Doctor Who, I would say, of anything in the Doctor Who universe is Torchwood season three, Children of Earth. You had me at sexier, so. And gayer. And gayer. I'm here for it. Sign me up. I'm so excited. All right. So listen to seasonal music outside of the realm of when you're supposed to while watching some of the the gayest sexiest sub doctor who show while not knitting and see how that changes your mood yeah i mean it's 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 for my nerds out there. It's like Buffy meets X Files meets Doctor Who. It's kind of what it sounded like. I was just like, <laughs> it looks like like UK X Files. I'm into. I'm 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 into it. Uh, this is why I need you in my life, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got their nerdy friend, and I, I unfortunately it. am that friend. Um, <laughs> All right, y'all. We want to hear hear from you. Um, anything that any advice you would like to share with us, mm-hmm. or anything that you would like advice on, hit us up. You can send us an email the old fashioned way, biracialunicorns at gmail You can also find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook at biracialunicorns, and we're on Twitter at biracialmagic. We would not be who we are without our community as well. So we want to have a huge thank you to Jelly Pop Art, who's done our very iconic unicorn photo. Isn't it cute? Go check her stuff. She is on Instagram. Great stuff. Also want to give a huge shout out to Joseph Scott, who's done our intro and outro music. Please check him out. He's also at Joseph Scott on Instagram. And So Smith Photography, they have done some of our precious in-person photos. Go check them out. I believe they're still selling calendars for the holiday season at So Smith Photography and Instagram, but they might be out. You might have missed it. So you know how you're going to have to stick with that Lisa Frank kitty riding a unicorn calendar as well. Um, while you're looking for a new calendar, not a great segue. Uh, please, um, <laughs> get, uh, if you could, if you had time, uh, all we want for Christmas is you to give us a rating and share with us um, your helpful and loving support. That just helps us in the algorithm machine get this information out to other unicorns who might want to hear it. And if you so feel extra generous this year, and we've been very, very good unicorns, if you would want to uh, financially support us just to keep the lights on, as it were, you can buy us a cup of coffee 
we're not going to be mad about that. Uh, we, we do everything here ourselves and we're not in this for the fortune or fame, but just for the community. So yeah, we would really appreciate that. Yeah, and it's getting to be that time of year, the end of the year, where we start visioning for next year, making our lists, making our goals, doing resolutions and what have you. So if you have (laughs) things that you would like to hear on the show in the coming weeks, months, years, let us know. We're always wanting to make this a, a community and to be a reflection of what our community wants. Mm, I second that. All right, y'all. We'll be back next week with a mini-sode and in two weeks with another full episode. Mm-hmm. Peace. Out.